Welcome back to the Goody Reader Radio Show. It's April 2nd, one day before my birthday. And uh, today on the show, we're going to talk about all of the latest news happening in the e-reader industry. Uh, first of all, let's talk about some in-house stuff. If you are a regular reader of our online news website, we recently integrated some new social share buttons. Uh, the reason why we did that is the old share plugin we had was literally discontinued in 2012. And, uh, you know... A lot of our old posts were not showing the correct Facebook shares and Twitter shares, especially like our big stories that we've published over the years with like literally like 8,000 to 20,000 to 50,000 shares. Um, this was mainly because we went from an HTTP site to an HTTPS site. So we integrated like SSL certificates mainly because Google uh, was basically saying they'll put more authority on weight on websites that are using secure websites, SSL websites. They'll rank higher for mobile searches, for online searches. And if you've noticed, if you visit sites that just have the old HTTP, you'll, and if you're browsing on like Chrome and Firefox, it usually will say like an insecure website, which usually like raises red flags if they have like a login system or an e-commerce type platform. So, um, aside from just news, I mean, we sell e-readers too, so uh, HTTPS is the solution. But one of the sort of drawbacks with that is we were losing all our old social media shares. So with this new plugin, uh, it does it. The buttons are more, I think they're they're they look a little bit better. And give me your thoughts on it. It's integrated into our entire site. We have a new Google Play developer account. So if you have an Android phone or tablet 
we have our Goodie Reader News app, which is the mobile version of our website on Google Play. And we have a new app that we are working on. I uh, haven't really talked too much about it. We've teased a few images on Facebook. It's gearing up to launch this week or next week. Um, you'll have to stay tuned to news about that. But suffice to say, we've been working on it since November 2017 is when we first started working on it. It's taken like five months of development. But we kind of feel that this app that we're making, um, it might be really good. It's certainly, it's the only app of its kind on Google Play. And I will just say this. I've been really bullish about ebooks and audiobooks for a really long time. And this is a good blend of the two. Kobo, new e-reader. I teased this announcement literally like about a month and a half ago. Uh, when I first caught wind of uh, internal discussions within Kobo on what their new e-reader uh, will be. This is a new e-reader. It's called the Clara HD. This is the internal name. And they just filed an FCC application on March 29th, so last week. Uh, Netronix filed it on behalf of Kobo, and it's important to note that all of Kobo e-readers have been manufactured by Netronix in Taiwan, so this does not come much of a surprise. I believe that this e-reader will be a 5-inch, uh, the Mini 2, so Kobo, I guess, like, many years ago, like 2014-ish, uh, had a 5-inch e-reader. And they sold out pretty quickly. They discontinued it. Then they found a supply of like 5,000 units like in one of their warehouses. So they sold it online and it sold out within 24 hours. And this was like outdated technology, like Visplex screen, like, you know, paltry amount of RAM, paltry processor. But something has to be said for cheap pocket-friendly devices. The Mini, two, the Mini 1 uh, at the tail end, it was like $49. So it's impulse buy. All we know about this device is that it has a, a 1500 milliamp battery, which is kind of surprising because their flagship Aura 1, uh, the 7.0-inch e-reader that they came out last year, only has a 1200 milliamp battery. Um, the only other e-reader currently that Kobo is selling that has a 1500 milliamp battery is the Kobo Aura H2O Edition 2 uh, that came out this year. I seriously doubt Kobo will release another 6-inch device. This is the reason why. If you recall a few months ago, Kobo came to an agreement with Walmart to sell their entire line of re-readers in all Walmart locations in the U.S. Uh, Walmart will be selling audiobooks and ebooks directly on their website, and they will release a co-branded app with Kobo to listen to audiobooks and to read ebooks. I believe that the Mini 2 makes the most perfect sense since e-readers are normally impulse buys. A $49 to $59 e-reader is tremendously ideal. The average Walmart customer is not going to spend $249 on a Kobo Aura 1 or $199 on a on an H2O Edition 2 e-reader. I think that Kobo needs a cheap e-reader in their portfolio for the main reason that they have competition. The Nook Glowlight 3, usually on sale anywhere between $99 to $89 on occasion. 
Uh, Amazon has their entry-level Kindle e-reader, which ranges in price of about $59 to like $69. So if Kobo is not competing on price, they are in for a rude awakening entering the U.S. market where a lot of people just buy something that's cheap and cheerful and uh, you have to understand a typical walmart customer you know they, they go there looking for deals they don't go in there to like pay the same price as like you know they don't go and buy like an ipad at walmart you know or like a fully functional five thousand dollar custom made pc you know they go in there they buy a cheap tablet they buy a cheap e-reader and if kobo can enter this and and do well i think that this sort of bodes well for their whole Getting into Walmart. Now, it, it's kind of unknown exactly when they are going to be entrained with Walmart. I've asked Kobo for comment many times, and they've never said anything about it. So, uh, it remains to be seen. Now, let's talk about Microsoft. You probably don't know about this because Microsoft has a digital bookstore. And... Um, they launched it last year, uh, late 2017. They only sell ebooks in the U.S. Uh, they do not sell them in under, under country in other countries. Um, Microsoft accounts for less than like 0.5 percent of all ebook sales in the U.S. Uh, this is primarily attributed to the Edge browsers being the only way you could read the ebooks, and Edge only has a paltry 4% adoption rate in the US, and many people ignore its pitiful pleas to be their default browser. Um, so Edge is released on Android and iOS. It can read books that you purchase, but you can't actually purchase books directly within the app. Um, so I think that Microsoft does need to release a dedicated e-reader app. Now, it's important to note that from twenty from the year 2000 to 2012, Microsoft Reader was the name of an ebook reader that was available on the PC that was developed to read their proprietary lit format, spelled L-I-T. Um, in 2013, Microsoft released Microsoft Reader for reading documents in EPUB, I'm sorry, in PDF, XPS, and TIFF format. Uh, Reader was included in Windows 8.1. It was a free download from the Windows Store for Windows 10. Uh, Microsoft discontinued the application in early 2018, and um, its PDF functionality was moved to the Microsoft Edge browser. So, Microsoft sells ebooks in EPUB. Um, so because Edge has a pri like a really puny adoption rate, I think that the company needs to release an e mobile app for like Android for iOS that will allow you to buy and read books directly within the app. Um, all of the normal features, it'll help with Cortana because um, one of the, I guess the big things in, in the Edge browsers, Cortana can read ebooks like aloud. And I kind of think that Microsoft obviously does not put a huge priority on ebooks <laughs> for obvious reasons. I mean, ebooks like would account for n virtually none other revenue. Um, Windows sales, uh, both for like schools and businesses and end users, Microsoft Office sales, uh, Office 365 subscriptions, uh, their cloud computing platform, Azure with like OneDrive. Uh, you know, Microsoft has their hands in a lot of cookie jars where certain segments of their business are making hundreds of millions uh, of dollars to billions of dollars. So 
they are they generate a lot of revenue from a lot of different things and ebooks because it's such a new thing like late 2017 uh virtually probably accounts for like nothing <laughs> but there are people in charge of the bookstore you know they have like editors and curators and people who are in charge people who um work with uh relationships with ingram which ingram provides a lot of the ebook content in the microsoft store and for all the rest they're dealing directly with like major publishers so there are there are people that are held accountable for the continued growth and the success of the bookstore and i feel like that they're kind of um they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot by only allowing people with like Windows 10 devices to be able to buy and read books. So uh, Surface tablets, um, you know, two-in-ones that are running Windows 10, these are the only devices. So it's virtually uh, not, they're not paying attention to Android and iOS, which Android and iOS versus Windows 10 on mobile tablets. There's really no contest. I mean, you know, there's hundreds of millions of people running Android. There's hundreds of millions of people that are running like iOS. And if you're going to ignore these platforms and not sell books on there, um, Microsoft will never compete against even like the minor players in the game, like Google Playbooks, for example, or uh, Kobo. Um, and I mean, <laughs> you know, Amazon that sold like you know, 493 million Kindle books, like, in the last year. So if uh, Microsoft's serious about books, they definitely need to uh, get involved with mobile. So uh, in terms of, like, other news, um, there is a few e-readers that we're looking to review that we've reached out to, like, these companies. Uh, one's the Boy You Like Book Plus, which is a bigger screen e-reader. Um, speaking of bigger screen e-readers, Remarkable is running a discount. Uh, if you've never heard of it, Remarkable is sort of like the first 10.3 inch digital note taking slate slash tablet. So it's, it's like an e-ink device. Um, you have to buy the stylus extra and the case uh, extra, but it's like a device used primarily to take notes uh their ui for taking notes is very much like adobe photoshop if you've ever used that before um they've sold like fifty thousand of them uh so that means like in 2018 they've sold from january to uh the end of march they sold like fifteen thousand of them at like 5.99 a pop uh but Remarkable is seeing competition on a 10.3 end, uh, the Onyx book Note, which I really liked. Um, you could read our review of it in our review section. There's unboxing review uh, videos and everything like that. But that's a $5.99 device. So Remarkable discounted their tablet for U.S. customers from $5.99 to $4.99. So it's $100 cheaper now than Onyx. And... I think it's a proactive measure against whatever Sony is going to be releasing later on this year. Uh, Sony also filed an FCC application on behalf of Netronix. Uh, they're going to be releasing a device known as the DPT-CP1. Uh, again, it's like the Kobo Clara HD. Not much is known about it. Um, usually when e-reader companies file FCC applications, they do like what's known as an embargo, where 
there's very, very little that's publicized on the FCC site. And there's like a six month embargo from when the application is received to when the FCC could like publish all of its findings. It's, it's nothing pertinent. It's like user guides, uh, pictures of the device, everything that they do in their internal testing. So the FCC does all of this, but they can't publicize anything for like a good six months. So it's usually the devices released before the FCC actually publishes like everything about it. But yeah, I think remarkable. Uh, they were first to market with a 10.3, but the Onyx Book Note is, is proving to be really popular uh, for an online-based thing, just like uh, the Remarkable is only really available online. They don't have any retail partners or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you want to know more about the Remarkable, you can go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash goodyreader, or you can click on the search the site button and just search for remarkable search for note and uh, get a sense of like what that's all about um various other like little tidbits of news um i uh wrote a story about kindle having the high t highest retail visibility rate in the u.s and that's been like one of the keys to their success uh, you can read this on the front page but basically what the article is about is that like if you want to buy kobo in the u.s you have to right now go to kobo.com and buy one uh you can't go to any stores uh, if you want to buy nook you can only go to barnes and noble stores uh they don't have one in every city or even near most people where they live. Barnes & Noble closes more stores than, like, they open. Um, you can walk into a litany of stores uh, from Best Buy to Staples, Target, and Walmart. And you could play around with a Kindle before you buy it and kind of get a sense of it's right for you. Uh, notwithstanding Amazon's own bookstores, which I think they have about 12 right now. Uh, but it's mainly you know, in New York and West Coast. There's a few in, like, Central uh, U.S. Certainly, uh, Amazon bookstores is, like, a growing segment in their business. But, yeah, I mean, one of the keys to the Kindle success is not because they have an awesome bookstore or the software is really polished or, you know, they have a really cheap device, they have a mid-level device, they have a higher-end device. It's it's not like the prices and everything like that. It's it's the visibility. I mean, your average customer walks into it and it's like, hey, uh, I've heard of this Kindle before. Let's see what the buzz is all about. And they can play around with it and they can, you know, buy one for like 60 or 70 bucks, you know, or buy the paperweight for like $100. And, uh, yeah, it's one of the big keys to Amazon's success, at least, like, in the U.S. market. Uh, overseas, they do have, like, a lot of retail partnerships as well, where it's available, like, in stores and stuff like that, too. So, um, I'm lobbying pretty hard to the Audiobook Publishers Association. Uh, every year, they have, like, the Audio Awards in New York, where they put, like, the emphasis on... Uh, audiobook of the year, uh, various like mystery book of the year, sci-fi fantasy book of the year. Uh, they, you know, um, award do awards for like production quality to narrators to like all of this other type of stuff. Uh, but they have an audiobook blogger award, and they've been doing it for the last three or four years. Unfortunately, it's U.S. only, and as you know, your boy Michael here is based in Vancouver, Canada. 
And despite the fact that I write about audiobooks almost on a daily basis, um, and I do my huge audiobook pieces, which are literally like 30,000 plus words, um, I am not in the running. I get no acclaim or anything like that from any of like the establishing bodies because they're us only and so they give like these awards to like these like mommy bloggers that blog about like baby audiobooks or you know they do like one review a, a month or something like that and these are the people that are like win these awards and i i'm kind of uh, i'm kind of salty about it because there's so many good like online publications that write about audiobooks from like the bookseller to uh, ourselves at Goody Reader to publishing perspectives to there's a lot of like really good sites out there that aren't based in the US that get like no attention because they're not based in the US. So I'm trying to lobby uh, the Audiobook Publishers Association to include other sites to include other countries like in their awards. Um, I think the, one of the reasons why they don't is because they want to fly the award winners to like the audio awards and i guess like if you live in germany or australia the air flights are expensive and they don't want to pay that amount of money uh whereas domestic flights in the u.s are pretty cheap that's about the only reason i can think about it so if you want goody reader and myself to be in the writing for the audiobook bloggers award go to the audiobook publishers association submit a contact form and just say like look allow other other bloggers from outside the u.s to be able to enter the competition the more people that do it the more people that are you know it's a greater likelihood that they'll actually uh go about and do something like that so aside from that those are like the big stories of about the last week uh since we've uh, done the radio show like last um you know, we've we've broken a bunch of stories. I guess like some of the alt stories that we didn't publish on the blog is Apple is looking to um, make their own processors by 2020 for their Macs and for their uh, iPhones and for their iPads. They have traditionally done stuff with Intel, but Apple is looking to sort of unify the Mac OS store and like the like the iOS app store and they really want to open up developers to be able to make a single app that works on the iPad, iPhone and Mac whereas right now you got to make an iPhone app, you got to make an iPad app, you have to make a Mac app. So it's three different apps that you have to make. Apple sort of wants to do this unified framework that make it easier to publish apps across multiple platforms. But some of these platforms are using Apple processors, other platforms like their Macs are using Intel processors. So Apple in order to streamline this is going to make their own processors for everything going forward. And on this news, for like the first time in like six years, Intel stock actually went down. And this is because Apple does account for like a few percentage points of, of, of Intel's like you know quarterly revenue streams and if apple is you know they're basically saying if apple is going to do this it may spur other people involved uh in this space to do something similar because although it costs a lot to to develop your own sort of chips and stuff like that you do have more control over the software experience and the hardware experience overall and people are saying well you know if apple's doing this 
you know, what's to stop other companies like Google or Amazon to, to do this as well? And that's really the big reason why the Intel stock dived out. Uh, the final thing I want to talk about is Browserly by Barnes & Noble. It came out of beta. It's available for Google Play for people in the U.S., but it's also available from the Goody Reader App Store as well. Um, you know, it's a social media platform. It's it's a wannabe Goodreads, basically. It's a social community. People and answer people ask and answer questions. Uh, the Barnes and Noble editors uh, ask and answer questions that are sort of pinned to like the top. It's mainly used to uh, discover books, and you could also kind of like there's links to buy books directly in the app. Uh, I don't know if it's ever gonna work out or anything like that. Um, even the news things, they got like three comments on like the article, and usually our articles get like between eighteen to thirty comments. And some of our biggest articles, like I said before, gets like hundreds of thousands. So, browserly, it doesn't seem like it's very resonating with like people. And I I think it may be like. Uh, the Indigo Reco uh, sort of like app that's more or less like the same thing uh, that launched like a few years ago. It's no one kind of like wants to use an app that locks you into like this like little walled garden. Like Indigo Reco is only for people that shop at Chapters Indigo in Canada. Browserly is only, you know, really ideal for people that live in the U.S. and shop with Barnes & Noble. Uh, Reco is available globally. Barnes & Noble Browserly is only available for U.S. customers on Google Play. Uh, also our own app store at apps.goodybeater.com. Uh, what did you think of the show? Anything we missed? Anything that you want us to include in, uh, you know, updated versions? of the show if you know anything we've been doing these shows a little bit more often uh, as of late for giddybeater.com my name is michael and everybody take care